Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Blessed Anne Mary Javoué. Father Paul, are there many black people in the world? There are thousands of black people in Africa and many in other countries where they've been taken as slaves. My child, why do you ask? The other night, my cell was Filled with children with dark skins, some black, some brown. I don't understand, Anne. What do you mean? You remember I once told you that when I was 19, I vowed to become a nun and teach the children of the poor? Yes, I remember. Of course, Papa wanted me to marry. The only reason he consented to my entering the convent was to let me prove to myself I had no religious vocation. I know, but you were... Telling me of the children in your cell. I have to go back a bit so you'll understand. At first, I was very happy here. Then, for no reason I can explain, I became uneasy. I had doubts. I recall. About two weeks ago, unable to sleep, I was praying, asking God what he wanted of me. When I heard a voice, clear and distinct, say to me, Anne Mary, you will do great things for me. Three nights ago. Father Paul, you must believe me. My child, what do you wish to tell me? I awakened from a sound sleep. My cell was filled with children. Their skins dark, their teeth gleaming white, their hair black and curly. Some had only a cloth about them. Others no clothing at all. And they were all so friendly, holding out their hands, smiling at me. Did they speak? No. Then a woman appeared, dressed in a habit I'd never seen before. 
She spoke in the same voice I heard weeks before and said, God gives you these children. He wishes you to form a congregation to care for them. I am Teresa and will be your protectress. Then she and the children vanished. And are you sure this wasn't a dream? Oh, very sure. And to convince myself, I got up and walked to the window and looked down into the garden. Then I knelt in prayer. But instead of words of prayer coming from my lips, I heard myself assuring St. Teresa, I will care for them. I will care for them. And are you convinced that this is a truly inspired visitation? Hourly, I've prayed God for instruction. I firmly believe he has sent St. Teresa. Do you wish to continue your novitiate? The novices here are to become sisters of charity. God has instructed me to found a congregation of my own. Uh, careful, my child. Don't let pride lead you astray. Oh, Father. I shall be guided only by God's will. Hmm. When do you wish to leave? My parents visit at the end of the month. I shall return home with them. It was not until some years later, after Anne had started her schools and founded the Sisters of St. Joseph of Cluny, that I learned of her vision. I adored my sister and would have gladly followed her to the end of the world. She was a born leader and teacher, and there was an urgent need for schools, for the French Revolution had almost destroyed the educational system. She introduced a new system of education in our schools, which brought a number of visitors, one of whom changed the entire course of our lives. Reverend Mother, I would like to know more about your uh, method of instruction. Oh, you are most welcome, Baron. This is my sister Rosalie, not only in the congregation, but by birth. She is now in charge of instruction and can explain it better than I. I'm told you use the uh, monitor system. Just what is that? We draw on students to teach other students. Students to teach students? <laughs> That's unusual. In every class there are bright students who learn faster than others. We accelerate their instruction, and when they're qualified as monitors, they teach the slower students. Oh, I see. I assume that helps solve the teacher shortage. And not only that, the monitors, because they are closer to students' problems and speak their language, can often make things plainer than a professional teacher. Moreover, monitors are less impatient with the slow learners. Well, yeah. Reverend Mother, would you consider sending a group of nuns to Bourbon to introduce this method of teaching, the government will bear the costs. I'll consider it if arrangements can be made with the Minister of Worship. I'll attend to that. Uh, by the way, where is Bourbon? Oh, well, it's a delightful island in the Indian Ocean, some uh, 400 miles east of Madagascar. Wonderful climate, fine people living in many small villages. Europeans? Uh, no, there are very few Europeans. The population is made up mostly of um, black people. Black? Mostly black? Uh, brought from Africa to work on the plantations. Slaves? Uh, yes. Baron, I'll gladly send the nuns just as soon as I have authorization from Paris. But, but, 
Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your quick decision. I'm anxious to get things started, you see. Truthfully, I was afraid that you'd oh, refuse... No, no, Baron. It's I who must thank you for the opportunity to fulfill a promise. To be of service. Anne desperately wanted to go with the four sisters who left for Bourbon July 28, 1817. But she had to remain in France to guide the affairs of the growing congregation. It took six months to reach Bourbon. From each stop on the way, glowing letters came back, telling of wonderful receptions and of the sisters' eagerness to start work. But after their arrival, the letters were different in tone. Mother Marie writes from Bourbon. The school promised is not ready. We're living in a poorly equipped hospital. To keep busy, we're doing what we can to care for the sick. Bourbon's not the paradise the Baron described. The weather is extremely hot, the country far from prosperous. The island governor is annoyed because we cannot at once put our system of instruction into effect, that we have to start with illiterate students and there are none advanced who can act as monitors. You did tell them to expect disappointment and hardship. They're lonely. They're writing home asking for news of their friends and relatives. Write to them in my name and tell them that when they're busy with the task for which they were sent... They'll have no time for personal woes. Tell them not to be disturbed by thought of failure. God has not exempted us from failure. Tell them to watch over each other and to guard against the human weakness that can drive them apart. That they are four people with one heart and one soul. Tell them confide in each other. For pain shared hurts less than pain harbored within one. Tell them to fulfill their mission, to win all for Christ. And if they will keep that in mind, they will be happy. And it was as she said. When the school was ready, the sisters were too busy for anything else. Within a few months, the governor was asking for more nuns to open another school. Paris received such excellent reports of our schools that Anne was asked to open others in the West Indies, French Guiana, and Senegal. Then the British made a request through official French channels for schools in their territories in West Africa. I was selected as Mother Superior for the group sent to Senegal. We were stunned by what we found. Conditions were so terrible, I never described them in detail in my letters. Within a few years, four of the sisters were unable to work, and I had to ask for a replacement. The reply was prompt. Anne herself arrived. Anne! Oh, Anne! Oh, Anne, you don't know what it's been like, the heat, the filth, the indifference, even hostility of the colonists. Oh, Anne, I'm so glad to see you. I've reached the breaking point. Rosalie, dear, you may cry for one half minute as my younger sister, and then you will place yourself under obedience again. Oh, I'm all right. Just the sight of you was all I needed. Wait until the others know you're here. You may call them in a moment. What in the world are you doing here? How did you manage to leave? I've wanted to come for a long time, but problems at home always got in the way. 
I decided there was only one way to do it. I told no one I was leaving. I boarded the ship with the replacement group after mailing instructions to Sister Clotilde, who was in charge until my return. You are all to pack and go home. Oh, but who will supervise the work here? I shall. Oh, you can't. You can't stay here. You're needed in France. So it seems. At every stop, there were letters by fast packet from Clotilde, the Minister of Worship, Department of the Navy, all saying I must return at once. You must return. What will the congregation do without you? Now, it's decided. You're all going home. Heaven knows you've done your work here and need a rest. I didn't ask for a replacement for myself. Sister Clotilde writes of nothing but problems. I'll never get anything done if that keeps up. You will return and take my place in France. Furthermore, I want to prove I'm not a poor manager. Oh, everyone knows you're a wonderful manager. Not if I found a congregation that ceases to function when I'm away. Now, go tell the others I'm here. Anne had planned to be away a year, but stayed too because of an epidemic of yellow fever that broke out at Freetown, where she had gone at the request of the British to extend her mission. She worked to exhaustion, came down with a fever and almost died. When she recovered, she tried to return to the hospital to nurse the sick, but the governor refused to let her risk her life again and insisted she return to France. It was not long before the government was requesting her services. Reverend Mother, the government wants to establish a colony of French settlers in Guyana, and they'd like you to lead it. Baron, the sisters are teachers, not colonists. But knowing you, Reverend Mother, to fill your schools, you'd reorganize the entire economic structure of the country. What are the conditions in Guyana? Well, I guess it's only fair to tell you Guyana's an economic wasteland. Other attempts to colonize have failed. The last five years ago, when 164 people were sent, today only one family and two of your nuns sent from Cayenne still remain. There are prisoners and lepers on islands? Yes. And slaves from Africa? Yes, a good many to work the plantations. I will consider it if the government will agree not to limit me to the direction of the colony. Uh, but that's a full-time job. I must be permitted to devote time to the slaves, the prisoners, and lepers. The government will agree, I'm sure. Especially when it knows you'd do that, anyhow. Then I'll accept the assignment. On June 26th, 1828, two ships with 36 nuns and 88 settlers left Brest for Cayenne. Anne warned the nuns, I'm taking you into purgatory. On arrival, she called on the governor. I've come to pay my respects. We're fortunate to have you, madame. You're a brave woman. One need not be brave when among friends. You're attempting to settle in the most difficult section of Guiana. Look at the map. This is the Mana River. We follow it upstream to this point, New Angoulême, your destination. You'll find only one family from the last colony. And two sisters of St. Joseph. Two sisters, a few blacks and Indians who hang about in the jungle and come out when they're hungry or ill. I visited the place once. It's not pleasant. 
We're used to unpleasantness. What can I do for you? I would like to get started. How soon can we leave? When would you like? Tomorrow, if possible. It's possible, but you should rest after your long journey. Besides, a number of parties have been planned for you. Oh, I regret I must refuse all invitations. We've not come to attend parties, but to work. A boat will be ready in the morning. New Angoulême was in ruins. Only two acres of land were under cultivation. The two nuns had lived for years under most primitive conditions, but had remained to do what they could for the blacks and Indians. Anne assembled everyone, including the natives from the jungle. We're not here to lose ourselves in the jungle, but to make the jungle livable and a means of support. If you expect to benefit from what we're here to do, you must join us and work. The French government will support us for two years, but by that time, this colony must be self-supporting. That can and shall be done. I've drawn up a schedule to follow. Mass at four in the morning... Work will stop at 10 because of the heat. At noon, Angelus in the chapel, then lunch and rest until 2 in the afternoon. After that, the children and all adults who wish will report to the school for four hours of instruction. This earth is rich and should yield three crops a year. Now take axes and shovels and start clearing more land. In a surprisingly short time, the colony showed results of Anne's planning and discipline. The nuns worked harder than any of the others. They prepared the food, they taught school, and worked side by side with the laymen in the fields. Anne, of course, reported regularly to the governor. Reverend Mother, I want to talk about your school. Some of the people have expressed their dissatisfaction. The complaint is that you... Let us say, coddle the Africans. Though they're slaves, I see no reason they shouldn't be treated as children of God. Specifically, the complaint is that you put the black children in school with the white. Moreover, they say, why bother to educate savages who are destined to remain what they were at birth? Beasts of burden. After all, they can't be much more here. Education makes them haughty, complaining about their work and slow to obey orders. Governor, to establish a colony, one doesn't take a root of France, plant it in a new land, and expect another France to grow. No? What then? One sends Frenchmen to a new land to make them a part of it. That way, one builds a strong new country. And what of France that pays the bill to start it? The people remain loyal out of gratitude for what France has done. <laughs> that is a hope. It can be more. For that loyalty will live as long as everyone in the new country receives the same rights and privileges every Frenchman at home insists on for himself. Well, that's very fine, but I don't think it'll quiet the complaints. The white people They do... must be made to understand I'm here as a missionary of God, as well as of France. <laughs> The Africans remained in school. Then, shortly before the colony was self-supporting, it had to be abandoned because of the July Revolution in France, which brought an anti-religious party back to power. Anne returned to France, where she was busy for the next few years with the affairs of the congregation. 
Fortunately, the new government under Louis-Philippe didn't turn out to be as anti-church as expected. Among the promises that brought it to power was that it would free all the slaves under French jurisdiction. This sent Anne back to Guiana for one of the great achievements of her life. Reverend Mother, the bill freeing the slaves has just been signed. Oh, at last. The church has preached it for years. Yes, but now the government has a problem. You see, immediate freedom would be too great a burden on the colonists who rely on their labor. So it's decided they should be put on probation for seven years, during which time they must prove themselves useful members of society or return to slavery. After doing hard work for years, making their owners rich, they have to prove themselves useful. But surely you can see the problem. If thousands are freed with no work, no homes to go to... They need training and education. Exactly. And that's just where you come in. In Cayenne, there are 500 slaves who've just walked off the plantations. They are not Christian. The only work they know is farming. Now, we want you to go to Guiana and train them to be self-supporting. The government will pay the cost and will cooperate fully. Reverend Mother, you are the person to do it. Please, please tell me you'll accept. It's impossible to refuse. Good. Will you draw up a plan and bring it to Paris as soon as possible? Gentlemen, I suggest the new Angoulême site not be used for this new venture. The Manor Plateau is cooler and less subject to malaria. And when the slaves are completely free, there's good land and enough to give them a plot of their own. It's an excellent place to grow sugar, which can be used to make rum as soon as a distillery can be built. It will soon pay its own way. The leper's colony is a disgrace to civilized people, and as soon as possible I would like to move it to a better location. Reverend Mother, we will forward word to the governor that you are in complete charge of this program, responsible only to Paris. Thank you. I'll select my staff and be ready to leave on your authorization. We have chartered a ship for the first of the month. Anne was ready ahead of time. When she arrived in Guiana and came ashore, the people stared in amazement, and the governor threw up his hands in dismay. Good heavens, madame. What have you brought with you? Haven't we enough Africans without your bringing in more? There must be 50 at least. 60 to be exact, governor. Where did you get them? Senegal. So... That's why you're so late. When I learned there were very few women in Guiana, I had the captain stop at Senegal. These 60 women agreed to come with me. They are looking for husbands. But these people don't know the meaning of marriage. They will. These girls are all Christians, and only men who become Christians will be permitted to marry them. Uh, Madame, some of these men have never spoken to a woman or even seen one. I don't know just how to put it, but... How are you to prevent uh, unfortunate happenings? I fully understand and appreciate your delicacy, Governor, and have made the necessary rules. Such as? Each Sunday afternoon, the bachelors may call at the dormitory where a sister will be in charge. When a girl finds a suitable mate, and that means one who is baptized and attends church, marriage can take place. All this will take time. 
a colony is not built in a day, nor was my congregation. So, can a ship be made available to take us upriver? In a few weeks, one square mile of jungle was cleared. A school, a clinic, a chapel, a convent for the nuns and unmarried women were built. A town was laid out. A distillery built from which the famous Mana Rum was sent abroad. How well I remember one of her letters. If you could only see this population, whose aspect was so formidable and uninviting two years ago. It is today so changed, so edifying, and for the most part so virtuous, I cannot but see truly it is the work of God. I am filled with admiration for the blessings God has in his mercy already showered upon this country. One day the Lord will be more faithfully served here than he is by the civilized inhabitants of other colonies. May it be so, is my heartfelt prayer. This letter was written shortly after May 21st, 1838, the day of complete freedom for a group of 169 probation slaves. Anne spoke to them briefly, telling them they were now free to go to the farms prepared for them. What the liberated thought of her was expressed by a man who said, We're free now, but we'll never be free from the debt we owe you. We can only repay with this promise. You will never be ashamed of us. She returned to France and was preparing to go to Rome to see the Pope when she died. Anne Mary Javouet was pronounced blessed 100 years after her death, having fulfilled to the limit of human capacity the promise made to St. Teresa to care for the dark-skinned children given to her. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymore for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria 
at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.